What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hoopball Sixers. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and let's jump right into the Sixers offseason. So coming off of their season, they were the one seed in the East, looked good in the first round against Washington, got out of that series in five games. And then they go into their series versus Atlanta. It looked promising, led by Trey Young, obviously a young point guard, not much playoff experience there. Um, It looked good for the Sixers. Joel Embiid was still nursing his knee injury, however, was healthy for that series and ready to go. Right off the gate, uh, game one, they took a loss, and they won two straight then. So headed into game four, the Sixers looked great and had a big lead and then blew it. Hawks tied it up in game four, two to two. Game five, the Sixers took a 26-point lead, looked like they were going to take a commanding 3-2 series lead, get ready to try to close it in game six, and all of a sudden, the Hawks came back, took a 3-2 lead, Sixers tied up the series, and eventually dropped it in seven. So, coming off that very disappointing series, another disappointing playoff run for Sixers fans, not even making it to the Eastern Conference Final, they were in need of a very strong offseason so some of the moves they made, they re-signed Furkan Korkmaz to a three-year, $15 million deal, as well as Danny Green to a two-year, $20 million deal. Additionally, they brought in George Niang from the Jazz for a two-year, $7 million deal. And they also brought in Andre Drummond on a veteran's minimum to back up Joel Embiid after the loss of Dwight Howard. Sixers also lost George Hill this offseason. Um, NBA draft, they drafted Jaden Springer, 28th overall. Um, he's a decent stretch good 3 and D guy, but ultimately he doesn't look like he's going to bring a lot, might not even get any minutes, if and if he does, maybe a few this season, but looks like a young guy to develop. They also drafted foreign center Philip Petrusev as well as Charles Basie. Uh, one of the biggest moves made in the offseason by the Sixers was Embiid's contract extension. He signed a Supermax to keep him in Philly over the next five years, so very good news for Sixers fans there. Um, one of the interesting moves here to mention was Andre Drummond signing versus Dwight. Uh, it'll be really intriguing to see the comparison between these two guys. Obviously, both have made a career for themselves on the defensive end, mainly Drummond more rebounding, Dwight with his defense and rebounding. But Dwight, he is older than Drummond, uh, more experienced, more playoff experience, but also very undisciplined on the defensive end. Drummond... Last year, we saw did not look like a very good NBA player. Really didn't look like he knew much of what he was doing on the court is just the way I would put it. Uh, He really just looked lost, no defensive adjustments. His offense looked horrendous. But coming in for the Sixers, we really just need him to lock down the paint and grab some boards. Uh, Joel obviously playing majority of most games. We do need a solid backup center. And I think Drummond could fill that role, have a nice bounce back season. So I actually do like that signing. Um with not a lot of big names on the market. Uh, It's an interesting way to go after he left the Lakers after their short stint. Didn't look too good there, getting edged out by Marcus Saul for playing time. But it'll be interesting to see how he can fit in there. Another thing I found really interesting was the re-signing of Furkan Korkmaz. Not as much Danny Green. He was a starter last season. Great 3 and D guy. Amazing corner, corner shooter. But Furkan, I do like Furkan a lot. I think he could be a good player in this league, improving, especially... Everything but his shooting really um, got to be a better ball handler, better defender, even better playmaker. But it just seems like the Sixers have a lot of these wing guys that can play valuable minutes. Obviously, Seth Curry, Danny Green just got re-signed. Isaiah Joe, the young guy, looked great in Summer League. Matisse Thibel looks like an all-defensive player last year and looks like, honestly, one of the best 
scrappy defenders in the league. And Shake Milton even plays the two guard. So it'll be really interesting to see where Furkan Korkmaz fits into this offense. Um, we did see Doc open up a lot of minutes for a lot of different guys last year. Got shortened in the playoffs. And one of the real reasons it was really interesting to see Furkan extended was because he really didn't step up last year. Danny got hurt in the second round, and we really needed a wing to step up. It looked like it could have been Korkmaz. And he really just did not do that much. Didn't play terrible, but really just, you know, a lot of times when there was a guy out, Furkan would do good in the regular season, and we didn't really see it that much in the playoffs. Um, going on to the biggest story of the offseason, Ben Simmons. So many Sixers fans and just NBA fans blame Ben for the series loss versus the Hawks. He provided little to no offense, and if anything was harmful on offense, uh, the big play that everyone sees is him passing up a wide-open dunk to dish it off to Thibel, ultimately got fouled, and that really was um, just sums up Ben Simmons' playoff run. He looked scared the entire playoffs as much as he does in a lot of the regular season. He's made the all-star team several times, made it last year, so really just in the second half of the season in the playoffs, he really just looks like a whole different a different player, and the lack of improvement is really scary. So Sixers looked ready to move on from him. There was a period of time where they they announced there were some statements made, and it looked like he was officially gone. Uh, he didn't go to camp. He's holding out, per se, and it just looked like it was over. But a lot of trade cycled through, a lot of trade rumors, mainly in Minnesota with guys like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, um, just stuff like that from them. Sacramento, at a time, it looked like maybe Halliburton. That fell through. Buddy Heel was involved in a lot of the rumors, even Harrison Barnes. Golden State wanted to make a run at him. Ben wanted to play in California, so maybe guys like Jonathan Kuminga, Andrew Wiggins. And most recently, the San Antonio Spurs were looking interested with guys like Keldon Johnson and DeJounte Murray. But none of these trades uh, amused Daryl Morey and... Ben Simmons looks like he's here to start the year. Uh, made a statement. We're going to be finding him, forcing him to come play. And um, I do like this move. It, it's controversial. A lot of people say, take the best deal you can get. Get him off your books. Don't worry about it. Could be cancers for the team in the locker room, whatever. But ultimately, if there's no good trade, he is still an all-star. He's still a valuable player. And I don't. I, as long as he doesn't hold out, I think his value will not get lower if anything it will increase barring injury um yeah i think that wait for something else to open up as the season goes on more and more teams begin to make more players available as they see their successes if they want to make a push for the playoffs if they realize they don't have a push they'll trade veterans and the biggest example of this would be in portland monitoring damian lillard situation he looks like he's going to start the season there and you know, if their season is crashing down by the trade deadline and uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, Dame potentially is going to want out, and the best deal they're going to get is from the Sixers with Ben Simmons. So that could be an intriguing thing to look at. Some other rumors swirling around, nothing officially, no interest from either side officially, but a Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons swap has been discussed, and personally, I would, I would love this. Um, Kyrie, obviously, much older than Ben Simmons, but... His offense and what he can bring to the Sixers at this stage in pushing for a championship would just be incredible. His playoff experience, his his playmaking, his shooting, thats it's all the things that we need from a point guard in this offense. And 
Tyrese Maxey looks incredible. Summer League, before he had to leave, looked remarkable. 26 points a game, approximately two steals. And, um, yeah, this uh, Maxey looks like he could really be an answer. But at this stage, pushing for a championship, it would be nice to let him stay on the bench, be a really good six-man or bench point guard for a little bit, and have a guy like Kyrie. Another option, Cleveland, uh, potentially Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton's a controversial player. Because he scores a lot and his offense looks good, but um, the Cavs do seem to like Darius Garland more than they like him, and I think it's in large part they think he's a little selfish, takes a lot of shots, and they weren't a very good team, so his impact and scoring clearly didn't uh, pay off too much. And if he stays, this is an, a very interesting topic. If Ben Simmons does stay in Philadelphia this season, what will the dynamic be between him and the teammates, him and Doc? Daryl Morey, the fans, everything. Because at this point, fans were like, they wrote him off. They're like, we're, we're pissed off at him. We're ready to see him go. We're excited to see who they could get. But starting the season, his reception in Philadelphia will be, I really don't know. I'm assuming he'll receive a mix of boos and cheers. He's done some good for the city. But as, as of uh, recently, I don't think there's many Sixers fans, if any, that think that Ben Simmons is a long-term option for this team anymore. And that's really unfortunate to say. Uh, I was a huge Ben Simmons supporter for up until really this last playoff series, but his game, much like Giannis is used to, just gets exposed in the playoffs. The difference is Giannis is so dominant, obviously two-time MVP, now finals champion and finals MVP. So dominant, he can work through these kinks in his game. But for Ben, his half-court offense really just, just shows up and, and shows how much it hurts the Sixers uh, come playoff time. And that's huge. That's that's a really, really big aspect of your game. It's great if you can be an all-star in the regular season and, and, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, all defensive teams. But at the end of the day, if you can't produce in the playoffs, uh, it's going to come back to really bite you. Um, Heading into this season, the home opener is versus Brooklyn. Will be a great test for the fans' reception of Ben Simmons. Will also be a great test for... The Sixers, I mean, I would have to say that Brooklyn is the favorite coming into the season. Um, obviously, their big three is healthy coming into this year and just look absolutely dominant. Um, three of the best players in the NBA together are hard to stop, and they just keep bringing in these veteran guys. They Aldridge is back now. Blake Griffin's still there. Joe Harris, great shooter. And they really just surrounded these guys with just some some great players and I would have to say that they're the favorite, them or the Lakers. Sixers do play the Lakers twice this season um, at home on January 27th. And that would be a really intriguing matchup. If you remember last year, Tobias Harris had the game winner uh, fade away in the low post. But that matchup between AD and Joel was was really entertaining. Ben versus uh, LeBron defensively was incredible to watch. And... Yeah, this is this is the other team that I could really see challenging the Nets. Obviously, LeBron, AD, the acquisition of Russell Westbrook, and all these veteran guys again. Just their their playoff experience, their championship DNA, everything about this Lakers roster just looks like they're poised to make a, a big run this year. And some other teams I'm really excited to see the Sixers play would be Denver. Obviously, Jokic versus Embiid, the battle of the two best bigs in the league, is always super entertaining to watch. Um, Milwaukee, uh, as I mentioned, Giannis is truly dominant. 
uh, coming off a championship. They finally showed they can put all the pieces together. DiVincenzo's back healthy. They did lose a few uh, rotational pieces, but overall this team is back. Their big three of Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton all back together and ready for a new season. And be interesting to see if the Sixers can challenge them. Obviously, the Sixers ended up as the one seed last season in the East, but I really can't see that happening again. Um, only because if, if these Bucks and these Nets can stay healthy, they just look like the better overall team. Um, I could see the Sixers potentially landing at three this upcoming season in the East. If all the pieces come together, depending on what happens with Ben, I think that we have the talent to be the third seed. Other teams threatening, obviously, Boston. Dennis Schroeder acquired, losing Kemba Walker. Chicago Bulls, very interesting team to monitor after the acquisitions of Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. Um, the Knicks acquired Kemba Walker to go along with Julius Randle. Heat still looks solid. And there's just a lot of teams. The East is looking uh, as stacked as ever. And for a long time, it's been the West is dominant, and the West has been producing all the championship teams, the Warriors, now the Lakers with LeBron. And, and the West is still still very good. Do not get me wrong. The Warriors look healthy again with Klay Thompson back. Steph, hopefully healthy. Be interesting to watch them against the Sixers after Steph exploded last year against them. And obviously, the Lakers, as mentioned, um, Utah Jazz finished first in the West last year. They're back. Suns championship runner-ups. Uh, Chris Paul's back. Everyone's healthy for them. Clippers, an interesting team to monitor this year. Uh, Kawhi Leonard likely out for a majority, if not all, of the season with his knee injury. And, yeah, overall, this upcoming season for the Sixers just is really a mystery. Um, if everything They do have Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, so... I can't see them falling out of the playoff hunt by any means, and even falling out of like a top five or six seed. I think with Joel Embiid, as long as he stays healthy, they stay on top of the East in at least the top half of the standings. And yeah, overall, it's just going to be up to Ben Simmons. Is he going to buy back into the Sixers? I doubt it. Are the Sixers going to decide that it's time to move on? and take the best deal they can get middle of the season, whether it ends up just being a guy like DeJounte Murray or even like Malik Beasley and a package of like McDaniels and some picks. Um, it's really going to end up being how Daryl Morey can uh, handle the situation overall. And yeah, and the final thing I wanted to cover in this was the Sixers' young talent and how they can be used. Um, we saw in the summer league, Tyrese Maxey, as I mentioned, was incredible. Another guy that was absolutely incredible was Paul Reed, the 55th overall pick of last year's draft. Did not see much time. However, he did win G League MVP last year. So I think him and Niang will be fighting for that backup power forward spot after the loss of Mike Scott. And honestly, starting the year, I think it should go to Paul Reed. Obviously, Sixers' problem is always when we need shooting. Niang's a shooter. Six foot seven has, has been a solid shooter for the Jazz, but... Paul Reed really just looks like he can be an X-factor. His defense uh, is averaged two blocks a game and 2.5 steals in summer league. He's all over the place. He brings a lot of energy, and I think he could be a huge piece of this team and eventually develop into a starter, whether that means moving Tobias to the three or when Tobias is eventually off this team. But with the loss of Ben Simmons, this team also has to start looking towards their future, especially if we don't win this year. 
um, our window is closing fast, and the future of this team looks to be in solid hands for a team that already has this much star power. So I think developing these young guys, like especially Tyrese Maxey and Paul Reed, should be at the front of the front office's mind, Doc Rivers' mind, and Daryl Morey. So overall, this season looks like should be really interesting, really excited to get into it. Um, Sixers, as I mentioned, first home game is against the Nets on October 22nd. Their first game of the season comes against New Orleans and Zion Williamson. And the preseason starts October 4th, so Sixers basketball will be coming back. And fans have something to get excited about. So thank you for listening.